0: We will be meeting again on the 11th right here, and we'll have back with us Don and Marie-José Mann uh, As uh, they live actually in the province and so he's able to come by next week And so he's going to share the word next week, and that'll be great Uh, We are hiring as I've said in the area of children's ministry and we're very very close to moving ahead with that and uh, thank you for your prayers as we have searched high and low but we think that we have found the ideal person and lord willing that person is going to be with us next week because we are having kids ministry next sunday yes so we have about half a dozen volunteers yeah it's it's good first time in a year and a half right so you've got about half a dozen volunteers who are going to be ready to go it'll be in uh, screen number 11 which is just out the Threshold of this door, and you turn left. Okay, and so um, you know that'll be great to start to see some momentum and some families with young kids starting to come back after this uh, this pandemic. As we hope to see the light at the end of the tunnel here. All right, and so we'll, uh, God willing, if everything works, we'll introduce our new uh, children's ministry team leader next week. Okay, um, on the fourteenth of August. We are going to have our back-to-school bash. Uh, we're going to do it live. We're going to do it in person. We have to reduce the amount of of kids that we're going to serve, and this means we're reducing the amount of backpacks that we're giving out. But we are going to add school supplies with those backpacks. I think it's a 45-piece set uh, that we're giving out along with free school bags that day. This is the fifth time we've done this event. And it really, in many ways, puts us into the, into the sort of consciousness of people that we actually do exist, all right? And that's not easy to do. So you have to do events like this, and you have to advertise them. So you go, oh, well, there's a church that I meets here, an English church that meets in a the movie theater, and the just I didn't even know. And so um, we are going to do this on the 14th of August. The ad will run on Facebook very shortly. Now, let me just tell you who have uh, children in the house, or you have friends who you're gonna invite, it's going to fill up like that, all right? Because we have to do pre-registration online, same way as we do for service. We are restricted in the number of seats that we can fill. The last time we did this event, we had 400 people in one room. They were sitting on the armrests, standing, sitting on the stairs. It was ridiculous. Uh, We're gonna try and get the same theater, number eight, which holds a lot more seats than this one, but still, with the 1.5-meter with the, uh, distancing now, we cannot fill every seat, all right? So everybody has to pre-register, so I'm telling you this now because if you have children who you want to come to this event and get a, a really nice backpack and it's really basic school supplies, you see a picture on the screen of kind of what it is, If you want that, I would strongly advise you to register today because as soon as that ad goes out on Facebook, it's gonna fill up lickety-split. We're only gonna be able to hand out 100 bags. We've got the uh, magician booked. He is super excited to come back and he's kind of an evangelist magician. Really, really interesting guy. And so he's ready to go and we've got the place ready for the 14th of August, it's a Saturday. Uh, Those of you who are in the discipleship group, I'm going to put you on the spot and challenge you to get involved and to serve that day. We're going to need a little army of volunteers to make things work. And I'll be asking for anybody else who wants to get involved and serve for a few hours on Saturday morning. It's so exciting to do that. We're giving the gospel message to people at the same time and showing them a gesture of grace. So it is on Uh, The registration link is live. It is on our website, and so I'd advise you to, you know, fill the spots that you want to fill for your kids or your friends' kids or whatever. You do need to type a little C uh, to identify a child so that we keep a count of how many kids are coming so that we can monitor that and make sure we have enough backpacks, okay? So it is on the 14th of August. You register on our website. Tomorrow night, I will uh, do a live Q and A on a question that came uh, to me, uh, and it was, "How many times can a person be baptized? Can a person be baptized more than once?" And you'd be surprised by the answer. All right. So tomorrow night I'll do that. How's the mic? Too soft. The mask. The mask. Oh, you know. Thank you. Oh, God bless you. Why didn't you just scream? Take your mask off. <laughs> you can. Th- you can do that. It's all right. Do I look better? I don't, I don't hear anything from the camera. Put a comment on and tell me if I look better, all right? I'm getting old. So. so tomorrow night, yes, I'll be on at 7. Thank you so much for letting me know. And anytime, you just shout it out, okay? Uh, can a person be baptized twice? I'll do it at 7 p.m. before the puck drops. I think the puck drops at 8. right so you'll get that part done wednesday night we're going to start a new video uh, bible study that'll run over the next few weeks Uh, this is again from the folks at um that the world may know and uh, it's a super cool teaching ministry on video where you're on site in these places in the bible and it really makes it come alive and you start to understand the text better and understand the meaning of it a whole lot better. So we're going to cover the theme, walking with God in the desert. Uh, So what happens when you you go through difficult times in life and it's this kind of desert experience? How do you do it? And so the teacher goes on site at several deserts uh, in the you know, the so-called Holy Land area and uh, he'll do a lot of teaching out of the Old Testament there So if you want to join in it's uh, midweek uh, Wednesday night 7 p.m. On zoom. It's the same link we've been using You should all have that already if you don't just uh, contact me and I'll send it to you remember we are uh, also online through several audio platforms Spotify Apple podcasts and Podbean so if you just like to listen and you know you don't want all the fluff and the music at the beginning, you just want to listen to the, to the, the scripture, then uh, we are there as well. Uh, thank you for your consistency, your giving. Uh, we are able to, to hire somebody in a, a part-time children's ministry because of that, because of your consistency, because of your faithfulness. So keep it up. Uh, we do have the machine in the front here that you can visit at the end, and you can always go online, all right? So today we're going to finish up our series, on the book of Hebrews. Uh, This is the 10th part. Uh, I suppose with a book like Hebrews, you could go forever on it. But we're gonna finish up today and uh, Don and Marie-José will be with us next week and then we'll start a new series the following week. I wanna talk to you about the theme of perseverance today. Uh, Perseverance and what I call secrets of perseverance because perseverance really is a bit of a lost um, discipline. In the Christian faith, I have found and discovered as I've been a pastor for 20 years and just observing uh, this sort of overall state of perseverance. Uh, it's tough, and uh, we—it we, seems almost like a lost, um, a lost practice, a lost characteristic. So I want to talk to you about that today: uh, the secrets of perseverance. This is largely out of Hebrews chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 12 in the Bible's New Testament, all right? I'm not gonna read all three of those chapters today, but you can, you can surf them on, on your way on, on, at home uh, uh, during the week and sort of, you wanna read those three chapters or really even the end, chapter 13, all in one chunk because the the author really has a series of thoughts that, that all connect in those back chapters. And to be honest with you, if you really want to get the best out of a book like Hebrews, you wanna read it all in one sitting. You say, that is impossible. I can't even read one chapter in one sitting. Well, I'm just telling you, if you try reading the whole thing in one sitting, you know, take an hour, take an hour and a half out of your day, book some time with god and read the whole book in one sitting you'll probably look at it and say oh, okay it looks a little bit less intimidating to me now a little different now but i want to talk to you about this theme of perseverance uh, you probably say what's that weird science fiction movie picture <laughs> on the screen well that is perseverance and it's still on mars right yeah so that's the space probe or rover or whatever they call perseverance and that's a what it would have looked like when they were dropping it on the planet. Uh, pretty elaborate procedure just to get that thing onto the surface of Mars and to try and see what's going on on Mars. And they call it perseverant. Uh, it's a word that we love. I mean, we love stories of perseverance. We, we They inspire us. But I do find it is a kind of a lost, characteristic amongst believers. Uh, There are a couple of passages uh, that you sort of use as anchor points in Hebrews 10, 11, and 12. And uh, it's the word, therefore, that appears a couple of times. You see it in Hebrews chapter 10 and uh, verse uh, 19. And this is after the author, he finishes his whole kind of explanation of who Jesus is, and he's that high priest who has gone through the, uh, into the heavens. Um, he's better than that priest who went into that tabernacle for hundreds of years and then the temple, and so he's talking about the superiority of Jesus, his sacrifice on the, Christ, uh, on the cross, and all of what this means to us, and then he drops this therefore in there. And Bible teachers have a saying, you know, find out what the therefore is therefore. So you read everything else before the therefore, and then it's therefore. So assuming we understand everything before that word therefore, he drops into therefore, and he says here, therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place through the blood of Jesus, and he goes into it, and he tries to explain, okay, this is what you now need to do. This is how you now need to live. Therefore, uh, you see this also in Hebrews chapter 12 uh, and verse 12. Um, Uh, Verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. What cloud of witnesses? Well, from chapter 11, you see a whole list of people from the Bible, from the Bible's uh, Old Testament. And because of this list of people and the way they lived, therefore, and he gives several Uh, encouragement several admonitions okay so you want to use those therefores as anchor points and I just want to give you three kind of observations uh, three secrets if you will about perseverance uh, from this this large uh, piece of uh, the book of Hebrews all right number one you can't persevere without experiencing the severe So the word persevere has the word severe in it. Just think of it that way, all right? And the the language in the New Testament that's used for uh, persevere that we translate into the English word persevere, it means to endure some type of circumstance, typically a difficult circumstance, for a long period of time. That's the, the Greek word that's typically used, and so we translate this perseverance. It's a great word, perseverance, because... We learn about it just from the word, right? But you can't have perseverance in your life. You will not have the characteristic of perseverance in your life unless you experience a severe condition, unless you uh, experience something difficult, unless you experience hardship, unless you experience trauma, unless you experience pain, unless you experience resistance you will not develop the characteristic of perseverance. If you run from trouble, if you think that the Christian life is supposed to be a great escape act and you're somehow protected by God with this magic God bubble that that protects you all your life from hardship and difficulty and pain and trauma and suffering, you are not going to develop the characteristic of perseverance. You have to experience the severe in order to get it. And that's a pretty common experience for humankind. Regardless of your belief system, regardless of what your faith is, it doesn't matter, even if you're a Christian, you probably have experienced, and you probably could stand up here and maybe each one of you one after the other young and old can would be able to go through in detail a circumstance at least if not multiple circumstances of pain difficulty suffering trial hardship whatever you can go through it and you know you like like Jackie's done she's raising her hand right so and and probably all of you could do that you you simply cannot develop that characteristic without going through that. And all we have to do to observe severity in life and difficulty in life, just to observe it, not even in our own personal lives, but just to observe it is to look at the news. I mean, just, just looking at Canada Day, okay? Uh, this past Canada Day. It was quite a somber Canada Day for a lot of people. Um, on the screen, I have a picture of a residential school. This is a very famous picture now uh, from Cross Lake, Manitoba. That's 1951. And the whole nation uh, has been uh, shocked. I'm not, I'm not even sure what the words are now by the discovery of these, these mass graves, uh, unmarked graves, containing largely the bodies of children perhaps some of the children that are there. And this has jarred uh, the nation. This has made international news. This has really put a damper on the typical Canada Day celebrations and observances and sort of thoughts about Canada Day. Uh, But it's an observation about perseverance because these people, the indigenous people, have had to persevere. They have had to persevere for a long, long time. And they've experienced difficulty for decades and decades and decades. Only now we're seeing perhaps uh, the hand of justice start to change things and move things. But if you mention the word perseverance and you're talking to an indigenous person, they're gonna give you a lesson, a history lesson, and explain what it was like if they've lived through this, uh, or if they have relatives who've lived through this, they would explain what it was like and the conditions um, that they had to endure, you see, over a long period of time. That's severe, that's a severe, prolonged circumstance. Um, uh, Let me tell you, honestly, uh, be careful if you're, if you're living Christianly, you're trying to, to serve the Lord, you're trying to do this whole Jesus thing, uh, be careful for what I will call junk faith. Be careful of it. Um, you've heard of junk food, right? Tell me some characteristics about junk food. And you online, tell me some characteristics about junk food. You get 20-second delay, but you put it in the stream there. Give me some, shout out some characteristics about junk food. Excellent. Yeah, it satisfies you for a short period of time. Otherwise, we wouldn't eat it, right? And the junk food makers, they know. It's like they're going to buy it because for the short time, boy, it sure tastes good. It's addictive. Yeah, it is addictive. Good. Yeah. Pardon me? Just one chip. You can't. That's why they put many chips in it, but they also fill it with air, that bag. Yes. Yes. You were going to say? Two or three or four, yeah. (laughs) Some other characteristics about junk food. It's fast, fattening, so it makes you sick after a while. Tastes good. It does. It does taste good. It's fast. Makes you feel guilty after. Okay. Smells good? Doesn't taste good unless it's homemade? When it is homemade? Well, if it's homemade, it's probably not junk food. Yeah. You can get it anywhere, over at the dépanneur, at the gas station, anywhere. Cheap, that's what I was looking for. It's cheap. It's cheap, it's fast, it tastes good, it does the job in the short run, but in the long run, it makes you sick. In the long run, it makes you it makes your body sick. Um, you can talk to, to our guitar player who's won seven uh, Canadian championships as a bodybuilder, and he will tell you, you are what you eat. And when you're training at that type of level, you are what you eat. If you eat chips, you're gonna look like a potato chip. <laughs> you, you know, and I think that's probably Probably pretty literal (laughs) okay Uh, now the same thing is true for faith watch out for junk faith don't fill your soul with junk faith junk faith will it'll taste good it'll be fast it'll be cheap it'll get the job done quickly but in the long run it's gonna make you sick in the long run when you when you face that difficult situation when you face that severity and you face that trauma and you face that hardship that's not going away for for weeks into years, into maybe decades, your junk faith is not gonna sustain you. And it's the idea that, oh, well, you know, you're a Christian, that should never happen to you. Be careful of that. Um, That that will give you a cheap thrill, but that's not gonna sustain you for the long term. Uh, This is the village of Lytton, in British Columbia on Canada Day. The hottest temperatures in the history of Canada were recorded in that little village. I think it's populations like 250 people in 2016, it was measured, really small place. 120 degrees Fahrenheit. That's like, I mean, you get that in Saudi Arabia. Uh, that's Canada and it got so hot over there, and it being in the type of terrain, you've got wildfires, you've got lightning bolts, whatever, and essentially the whole village has been destroyed. Virtually every single building, the infrastructure, the electricity, people have died. It's an absolute nightmare those people are experiencing severity. That is, that is really severe. People have watched their loved ones perish in the fires that have taken place in that, in that village. It's gonna take years and years to rebuild it. What a nightmare. It's, it's an incredible example of a severe, severe circumstance, and it plays no favorites. It doesn't, the fire doesn't care if there's a Christian living in the house or not. It plays no favorites. Even uh, when you look at the, at the SARS-CoV-2 virus, it plays no favorites, A virus. The virus could care less what a person believes. And uh, you're not magically immune to difficulty when you're serving the Lord. Be careful of junk faith, suffering and severity and difficulty and trauma are part of the human experience, and you cannot build the characteristic of perseverance without it. Um, On this screen, I have a couple of pictures there. The girl on the left, Angelica John, uh, passed away at the age of 15, I think two weeks ago, three weeks ago. She was struck by a car while walking in the West Island of Montreal. Made the news, wasn't her fault. And she was killed. uh, she, she and her family are part of one of the churches in our movement, and um, so we grieve uh, with them and, uh, and the loss that they have experienced. At the funeral for Angelica John, which took place, I think, two weeks ago, there was a senior lady there who I know from our previous church at Evangel, and her name is Grace David and she was a great aunt of Angelica John. And in the funeral itself, she was so overcome with grief uh, at the funeral that she, she had some type of, a, of a, a panic attack, which eventually later on that day took her life and her body reacted and all of this and, and she passed away at the age of 87, I think. And on Saturday, I will be doing her funeral In the same funeral home perhaps even the same room I think that they did the funeral for Angelica John so the family grieving two losses in two and a half three weeks ah I mean that's that's a severe circumstance right and you 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 probably can survey your own present and past you can relate it you can say yeah se- uh, severity is part of the human experience perseverance develops when you experience severe circumstances so i'll back up uh i'll back up to this slide if my video tech can back up a little bit just a couple of passages of scripture there from hebrews chapter 10 uh and verse um uh verse 23 Again, this is after the first, therefore, he says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. That's the language of perseverance, right? For he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. It's all kinds of, all kinds of words that speak of this perseverance. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching Uh, verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest and in the face of suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. Other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence, he says. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You can't build perseverance without experiencing the severe. When we talk about the severe, it's generally in three categories, but it can be more than that. I'm just putting really basic stuff here. You can experience moral evil, and that means the choices of people have victimized you for some reason. You have been the victim of somebody's moral decision to sin. It's a moral evil that has happened to you. Uh, and it has, it has done whatever it has done, but you have been the recipient of a condition that was created by moral evil. And that happens to people all the time. It happens to uh, church people, non-church people, and we have these, these things that come into our lives and they're the result of moral evil. There can be what's sometimes called natural evil. That means that nature and the, the world, if you will, has done something that has uh, uh, disrupted, traumatized, broken our lives. Like the people... In, uh, in the little village in British Columbia. That's a natural evil that has happened to them. It's not a moral evil, but you can call it a natural evil if you understand the way that I'm using the word there. Uh, people say, well, you know, that, that's God then. Maybe God is punishing those 250 people in Lytton, BC, right? I mean, doesn't God control the weather? Uh, be careful, be careful with that line of thinking. Uh, Because what we see in the scripture is that all of creation is broken and is fallen and is waiting redemption and is groaning, Paul says, like the pains of of childbirth. And there's a brokenness to creation. And so what we're going to see is these kinds of things. Uh, It's as if nature is running wild, out of control. Uh, We do see these things. If creation is in need of redemption, then it's not doing what God ultimately wants it to do. It needs to be changed, it needs to be redeemed, it needs to be recreated, it needs to be uh, uh, transformed. This is the hope that we look for in the second coming of Jesus. And so we see natural evil happen a lot. Uh, in the, in the uh, uh, residential schools, we have an example of moral evil in the, uh, the village that, that burned to the ground, we see an example of natural evil, okay? Um, and there can also be sometimes discipline that happens. Uh, and that is that God actually brings a circumstance into our life to teach us something. And you say, oh boy, I don't, I don't like the way that that sounds. Well, I'm just telling you, this is what the author of Hebrews uh, says, and uh, he talks about this in, in um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7. For example, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons or as his children. And uh, he, he talks about how discipline is painful, but when it's used properly uh, later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained on it. Um, or trained with it so sometimes you make choices and the choices that you made are wrong and God may visit you with the consequences of those choices to teach you and to train you and to help you understand Those choices have consequences. Now, the tricky thing is that the Bible doesn't tell us how to discern these things all the time. It doesn't tell us, well, you know, this here, this must be, you know, God is punishing me and this here is not, it doesn't go that far. Uh, In general, the idea is when you have hardship, what are you going to do when you experience the hardship? What are you going to do when you experience the severe condition? whatever its source is it moral evil is it natural evil is it maybe even the discipline of god is it somewhere in between wherever it's coming from what am i going to do with this severe condition you see because everybody experiences severe condition but not everyone perseveres so there's an ingredient to perseverance that is more than just experiencing the suffering and the difficulty there's another ingredient there And uh, it is this, this don't quit attitude that you have even through the circumstance. So the circumstance does not cause you to quit whatever it is you're pursuing. And when it comes to the subject of faith, your faith is still intact even though you're going through this severe circumstance. That's when you get perseverance. When you go through it, and you still have your wits about you, on the other side, you're going to say something. Well, I hope I, I hope that it creates that. Um, yes, well, that's what perseverance does. And for those of you who are who are online, it's just a a comment from uh, somebody who's here, talking about how pers- perseverance in her particular case is stronger. And this is an individual who's gone through quite the, quite the difficult moments in the last uh, year or so. Um, in any case, what perseverance is, what is, what is happening to your, uh, your attitude, uh, in the case of faith, to your faith, even through this difficult moment? And what we're seeing now in this, in this culture, especially in the West here, because we have so much at our disposal, and so much at our fingertips, the, we don't need to persevere. So we just quit. If it gets difficult, well, oh, you know, the marriage gets difficult, oh, we'll, we'll find another, another spouse. The car breaks down, I mean, get another car. I don't, the job is too hard. It's too difficult. There's people who I work with that do, well, we just get another, you know, we just press buttons and get it from Amazon or whatever. We have so many tools at our disposal. Life is on demand. So why keep trying in a difficult thing when you just have to press delete, get rid of the difficult moment, and switch to something else? You know, you want to lose 20 pounds. You can't lose 20 pounds. You say, I quit. Who cares? I'll just go to the junk food. I'll just, I'll get more medication. If I get, if I develop this and develop this and develop this, I'll just get more meds and I'll be on, you know, six different pills a day because it's just too hard to try. It's too hard to endure. You know look at this pandemic i mean this is an endurance thing here this is a year and a half moving into two years uh and people are frustrated fed up i mean if i were uh uh, mr aruda i would be looking for a bodyguard right now right i mean he's the bad guy who didn't let the people in the bell center and shame on him you know and it, it, there's an endurance that's necessary even in a condition like a pandemic imagine the people hundred years ago no vaccines they just toughed it out for two years and eventually it dissipated no vaccines we've got a vaccine inside of a year and we're still frustrated. We're still, we, you know, we, we, we want to be like the, our neighbors down south where you got 40,000 people in a baseball stadium with no masks, no nothing. I mean, it's, it's like paradise, right? And we say, oh, this is frustrating, this thing. Well, it's a lesson in perseverance. So your faith is still intact. And nowadays, uh, uh, people, especially people who are on junk faith, What happens is difficulty comes, trauma comes, suffering comes, job loss comes, uh, death comes, loved one passes away, and the faith just disappears like dust because there is not this, there is no perseverance built up in the life of the person before then because they're on junk faith and it just comes crashing like dust. Say, I give up, God didn't answer, God didn't heal, God didn't provide, he's supposed to, it's supposed to be better than this, it's over. He doesn't exist, my faith is gone. When you have perseverance, the, the opposite is supposed to happen. Your faith is supposed to still be intact, and in fact, if you survey the New Testament, Perseverance produces a stronger faith. It produces a stronger hope when you have the characteristic in your life. Your faith is still intact. You know, we talk about losing your religion. The religion that you need to lose is, is the idea that it's supposed to be a magic rosy story for you because you serve Jesus, and also that if you do a whole bunch of good things, Uh, you know, good things will happen to you. God will pay you back with good things that you'll never have difficulty in your life. That is a that is a junk faith religion that you need to you need to realize it will not sustain you. You're all going to, we're all going to go through these moments. Sometimes they last a long, long time. Some of you in this room are going through them right now. Some of you are online, you're going through them right now. Don't quit. You don't quit, you keep on going, you keep on pushing, you keep on believing because in perseverance, that's what happens. In Canada, we have perhaps one of the most magnificent examples of perseverance in the this is gonna be an example for a century, maybe longer, and uh, this is coming out of our own nation, and this uh, is Terry Fox. Um, hopefully, you know who this man is. Maybe some young people, you don't know exactly the story, uh, but this young man uh, who passed away, I think at 22 or 23 due to uh, bone cancer that eventually went into his lungs, uh, you want to talk about an example of perseverance. Uh, it's, it's kind of hard to to grapple with the amount of perseverance that this young man demonstrated Uh, So after being diagnosed with with, uh, this cancer that he didn't, people didn't even know what this was, uh, what are we talking, 41 years ago, um, he decided after losing his leg to it, he decided uh, after training, I think for a year and a half to do it, um, he decided he was going to run across Canada. Canada is a big country, right? It's big. It's really, really big, a lot of area to run across. He's gonna run across Canada and raise money. I think his initial goal was a $1 million dollars. 1980, that's, uh, or 1979, I think was when he started. That's a, that's a lot of money back then. He's Gonna raise a million dollars for cancer awareness and cancer research, because again, back then, we, don't, we didn't have the knowledge back then that we do now about cancer. And uh, so that was his goal. And he dipped his prosthetic leg into the Atlantic Ocean on one side of Canada. And he got going and started running across the nation. Um, (laughs) This man ran with cancer on a prosthetic leg. You're talking 26 miles a day. That's a marathon, okay? 42 kilometers a day for 143 straight days. Rain, sleet, whatever weather, he it, it kept on going, and the only thing that stopped him was cancer. So it got into his lungs when he was in Thunder Bay, and he had to stop. I think it was September 1st, 1980, if I remember reading correctly, and he had to stop because the cancer had overtaken his lungs. It wasn't long after that he passed away but he ended up raising i think it was at that time 24.17 million dollars which was the population of Canada so 1 dollar for every Canadian what w- was raised and way beyond that now you talk about uh, an inspirational individual and the amount of people who have been inspired by this young man's perseverance it's uncanny i mean a healthy person with two legs <laughs> running a marathon every day, a healthy person with two legs this is someone who's battling cancer on a prosthetic leg like do you can you imagine the amount of pain that that is? you imagine the amount of difficulty and the grind to go through every day and to to do that run that's that is uh that's not of this earth I mean that is a ridiculous characteristic of perseverance. But his whole uh, motivation was, I will not quit. And you, if you're going to be a Christian, and you're going to be a healthy Christian, and you're going to live your life Christianly, you have to have that same uh, stick to that you will not quit it doesn't matter how difficult your life may get. It doesn't matter what circumstance you may endure. It doesn't matter what they said to you. It doesn't matter how they hurt you. It doesn't matter what moral evil you've endured, what natural evil you've endured, what even discipline from God you've endured. You will not quit. And this is what produces a, a powerful testimony and a Christian who lives their life Uh, powerfully for the Lord and finally this this is the last sort of observation secret about perseverance people who learn perseverance they they know what the ultimate goal is they're very aware of the ultimate goal and the ultimate goal is not here it's not here you may have a hard time here all your life I mean, there are people who, we have it really good in North America, you know? It's very, very comfortable over here. But there are people who live their lives as followers of Jesus. And it's constant, constant difficulty, constant trouble, constant running, constant fear, constant persecution. There are nations in this world where people, they're, they're they're putting their own lives at stake just by being a follower of Jesus. They're putting their families' lives at risk just by being a follower of Jesus. We have some little things here in Canada by comparison, but really, folks, you know, we need to open our eyes and see the broad spectrum of things. Uh, There are places in this world where literally you you are putting your life at risk for serving Jesus. Um, So it may not always be good here. The people who have perseverance in a biblical sense, they realize the ultimate goal isn't even here. So when you look at the great chapter in Hebrews chapter uh, 11, where, I mean, it's a masterpiece, uh, the way that this author goes through, you know, he starts back in the book of Genesis, he's talking about Abel. And he he moves on to Enoch and he talks about Noah and Abraham several times and the children of Israel and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and all these different examples of faith. He's trying to teach on the subject of perseverance, but persevering faith. And he's trying to give example after example after example after example. But there's a common theme to all of these, these people who he he cites in his, in his argument here, uh, verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. What? They did not. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. So it's coming. but My life is now over. They saw it, they welcomed it from a distance, but their race was over and they Pass through to the other side they did not receive in their lifetime the promises that they were looking for and yet you look at what these people experienced I mean you've got some incredible miraculous things that, that these people experienced that are listed here and yet this author says at the same time they did not receive the things promised well what things I mean, you have in this list here, you have uh, resurrections that happened, or at least uh, people coming back from the dead. Is that not the reception of the promise? Is that not receiving the, no, that's not what they ultimately were looking for, these people. And you see it again in verses 39 and, and 40, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them. None, zero of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, us being the us of the original audience, first century, us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Well, what is it then? What is the promise that they were looking for and the promise that he talks about that the people in the first century would have experienced at least in part and really the promise that we too are looking for? What is it? Well, it's ultimately not of this world. It's we're talking about the ultimate redemption and salvation of all things we're talking about what will take place when Jesus returns. We're talking about the The renovation, restoration, regeneration, recreation, redemption of everything. We're talking about the the new heavens and the new earth. We're talking about the new order of things. Well, there'll be no death, no crying, and the old order of things has passed away. No more natural evil. No more moral evil. No more discipline from God for our bad choices and our sin. No, there'll be a new... Way, a new order, a new system, a new heaven, a new earth, redemption. This is the ultimate promise and the ultimate goal that the Christian is supposed to pursue. You're not going to find that in this life. You're not going to find ultimate, ultimate satisfaction in this life. Your life here is kind of a rehearsal. It's kind of a practice run. You develop perseverance in this life when you experience that severe circumstance. You push through it, you get to the place where you say, well, my faith is still intact, even though this has happened to me, maybe repeatedly, because I'm aware of the ultimate goal, you see. And I've got my eyes on the finish line This is what the author uh, talks about, and he uses the illustration uh, of a race here. And he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's the people in Hebrews chapter 11, let us throw off everything that hinders. It's, It's the language of perseverance and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance. Great image there from Terry Fox. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning. It's shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Perseverance uh, in in, uh, the beginning verses there. Run with perseverance because you know the ultimate goal. So I'd like uh, Sean and Vienna, if you'd come to the uh, to the the stage here and just play a little bit in the background. We're just going to finish up with a word of prayer here uh, before we let you go. But I wonder today um, if there are those of you and you say, "Oh boy, you know, it's tough to persevere." And uh, I'm going through something, Pastor, that it's it's pushing and it's 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 like sandpaper. On my soul it just grinds and grinds and grinds the life out of me it grinds my faith it pushes me it challenges me and it doesn't seem to go away uh, or maybe you say oh my faith has been just beat to a pulp and I'm trying to pick up the pieces of what I believe again you just in that moment where you say oh I just I just need prayer to, that, that the, the Spirit of God would pick me up and help me to get back up on my feet and keep on running and keep on putting one foot in front of the other. Maybe you're online and that's your story. I mean, you just, it, you, you've taken a, a punch and, uh, and you need God to just to just come into your heart and fill your soul with strength and with energy that you keep on going. So I just wanna pray for you uh, today before we go and uh, maybe if you're comfortable with this and you say, oh, that's me, that's me, God. You just wanna lift your hand to the Lord as a gesture. You say, God, I just need your spirit and your power to just work uh, in my life and help me to, to walk with you. Lord, I, I, I pray for those watching, those who are here, Uh, that you would fill each person each individual with your spirit and with your power lord we were never meant to serve you on our own in our own strength by our own might and by our own intelligence Uh, but you tell us not by might nor by power but by your spirit so i pray god that the the living presence of Jesus would just pour into people's hearts and bring a fresh resolve and build perseverance in people's lives. I pray for those who who have been on that junk faith for a while, Lord, and they found that it just doesn't sustain. Would you give us something new, God? Would you give us something authentic that will help us withstand the test of time we pray to that end. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you today. So great to be with you. And uh, again, remember, I'll be online tomorrow night at, on Wednesday, and we'll do a video Bible study. Uh, sorry, tomorrow night, Monday, and video Bible study Wednesday. Remember, next week, we will have kids ministry, okay? And uh, so that'll be so much fun and uh, guest speaker. So until then, the Lord bless you. The giving table is going to be open at the bottom, and uh, I'll be floating around to greet you before you go, so don't rush out too quickly. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.